Hello and welcome back to I'm Glad You Asked. Now, if you're anything like me, possessed of godlike good looks, towering intellect, and overwhelming humility, then there have to be certain attitudes you've run across where you say to yourself, I can't believe people think this is the way to believe. If nothing else, you might have had occasion to talk to a person who likes a different sport ball team than you. I believe in the far future. All athletics will merge into the single game I'm calling sport ball. It'll feature James Kahn and Rucker Hauer. Or who is fond of a different boy band. And I also believe that in the future, all pop boy bands will merge into one androgynous musical fusion that I'm calling inoffensive fantasy. But I don't mean that. I mean, when you run across a set of beliefs that you simply cannot process, you try to make your mind understand why a person would come to believe this particular set of values or philosophies, and you just can't do it. I think I'm pretty intellectually flexible, a sort of mental Mary Lou Retton, if you will, or even if you won't, but even I cannot for the life of me understand the men's rights movement. It sounds innocuous enough, doesn't it? Men have rights, so shouldn't we safeguard them? Sounds reasonable. But like so many things, what may sound reasonable hides a deeply flawed and rather dark ideology. I know what you're expecting. You're expecting me to say something along the lines of, there are indeed instances where men are treated unfairly due to their gender, or some laws and attitudes, especially in the field of family law, are discriminatory towards men, or I need to spread my legs out far when I sit so my enormous sexual organs aren't uncomfortable. Nope, not going to do it. This is my podcast, and I'll be damned if I'm going to spend my time and yours in ridiculous, self-evident irrelevancies. What am I going to talk about? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm instead going to talk about the laughably absurd, overarching idea that men are a persecuted and downtrodden gender, that the real victims in this modern America are the men, that the people who get the short end of the stick are the ones with somewhat more protruding genitalia. Now, the cousin to this barely worthy of ridicule idea is the belief that it is white people, or Caucasian if you prefer, who are the true downtrodden race. So, as a white man, I should consider my lot in life barely above that of a slave in the antebellum south, or a serf in medieval Europe, or an untouchable, not the Elliot Ness guys, with Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Andy Garcia, and Charles Martin Smith, in the fine Brian De Palma film. I meant the untouchables in India as the lowest caste of citizen. You know, maybe that would make a cool Bollywood film. The untouchables. A team of four Dalit street sweepers solve crimes in 1920 and fight the crime boss Mohandas Gandhi. Note to self, develop that screenplay. Where was I? Oh, yes. The idiocy of the men's rights movement. See, the issue I take is with the fundamental ideology of the group. As I said, one can list examples of individual men being treated unfairly in the courts. The MRA folks like to bring up family law and alimony and child custody and such. Or cultural practices that are harmful to men. Circumcision is brought up in this context. And I'm sure an MRA advocate can find an example of a man who has been falsely accused of rape. Add to that the scourge of having to hold a door open for a lady only to be sneered at for your chivalry. Or paying for a woman's drink in a bar only to have her say sweetly that she's about to join a convent tomorrow. Or the unspeakable holocaust that is Valentine's Day. Yes, the world certainly is tough for men. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that every single president has been a man. 
The girls just haven't stepped it up, I guess. Or that in the mid-1990s, Viagra was largely covered by medical insurance, but female birth control was not. Or that in 2018, the list of female CEOs of Fortune 500 companies made up 5% of the total. Or that of the 12 people who have walked on the moon, let me take a quick tally here. Ah, yes, 12 have been men. Can't have the girls walking on the moon. They just want to go shopping. Or that there are 25 female senators in the government out of a possible 100. So if my math is right, women make up one quarter of the Senate, but one half of the population. I'll just add here that among Democrats, there are 17 senators out of 49, which is just over 34%. While among Republicans, there are only 8 out of 51, which is just under 16%. I can go on and on and on and on. I'd rather not talk about violence, sexual or otherwise, in this podcast, but suffice to say that the statistics are not gender-mirrored, as many MRA advocates would have you believe. They do a lot of statistical manipulation and fraudulent science to arrive at that despicable conclusion. In every way that matters, in every system America has ever put forward, in every cultural sphere, men have the advantage. It's as plain as the nose on your face. Or the penis in your pants, assuming you have one, which in most cases would make you a member of the privileged class. For simplicity's sake, I'm going to I'm not going to cloud the issue with my transgender fellow earthlings. Ah, I hear you crying in the blog sphere. Oh yeah? Well, this one time I knew a guy who heard of a fellow who told a story about a man who lost his job because the company hired a less qualified woman. Ha! So there, men are persecuted. Yeah, I'm sure that happened, and water can run uphill in certain circumstances. You could go right now to YouTube and find videos of water running uphill. Go ahead and pause this podcast if you want. I'll wait. Welcome back. Neat videos, huh? But are you prepared to say, actually, water runs uphill because you saw some unusual and statistically outlying instances of such a thing occurring? I sure hope not. Ah, comes the cry again. So you're saying all men are guilty of privilege and should feel guilty all the time for just being men? It's okay to be a man. Stop shouting and clean the spittle from your screen, he-man. I tell you what. In order to not offend your fragile male sensibility, I'll make this just about me, okay? That way, you are free to ignore it or decide that you, Iron John, fire-in-the-belly, Teddy Roosevelt, rugged individualist that you are, doesn't need to listen. I am aware, probably not as much as I should be, but I'm learning all the time, how fortunate, how I had unearned fortune to be born as I was to the loving and wonderful parents I had, to the great and heroic brother I had then and still have today, to the middle-class suburban safe zone with great schools and clean public parks, the number of advantages I had going for me as soon as I entered the world on January 18, 1968, less than three months before Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. would be assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee, is almost too numerous to state. One of those advantages includes being born to the privileged racial group, and I would assert that group that is still quite privileged, and to the privileged sex-gender orientation combination, which would be male, cis, and heterosexual. As Friar Lawrence said to the whiny Romeo, who was another white guy born into privilege, when the latter was able, unable to see everything that had gone right for him, a pack of blessings lights upon thy back. Happiness courts thee in her best array, but like a misbehaved and sullen wretch, thou poutst upon thy fortune. 
I started out with, if not every possible advantage a person could have, virtually all of them. I can slough off my accustomed modesty for a moment to say, I have achieved some measure of success in this world. I'm held in certain regard in my profession. I have a happy marriage and a brace of wonderful children. I am financially secure and in no danger of any real harm that I do not inflict upon myself, weight gain, endless watching of Star Trek reruns, etc. I could easily fall into the trap of, I worked hard for what I have, so why don't I deserve all I have? That's not the right question, it seems to me. The idea of who deserves success, however you want to define it, implies that someone doesn't deserve it. And to reverse engineer that, anyone who was not successful obviously didn't deserve it or they'd have it. Because we want to believe that America is fundamentally a land of equal opportunity for all, but it clearly isn't. And this brings me back to the original question. How can a person believe that all newborns and children begin this race of life at the same place. It's beyond comprehension. You can imagine my incredulity at the concept that those who are and have been most privileged men are in fact not so privileged after all. The answer, and I said this would be about me so you could avoid feeling personally attacked, is not to feel guilty about the privilege. It's not to downplay any personal achievements I may have. It's not to say that in order to combat this inequity of opportunity, I should be persecuted unfairly. All that implies a sort of zero-sum game in which for every societal winner, there must also be a loser. That in order for someone else to be successful in life, I must be unsuccessful. No, no, a thousand times no. What it means for me, calm down, is that I must acknowledge the circumstances that allowed my talents and diligence to flourish. Indeed, I must acknowledge that the circumstances, unearned by anything I did, which gave me those talents and instilled that sense of diligence in the first place, we do not condemn a wilting flower because it was denied water, rich soil, and sunlight. We merely work to ensure it will have the nutrients it needs to flourish not at the expense of the other flowers, in parallel with them. The watering can is deep and can provide for all. But enough of that extended to the point of absurdity metaphor. People in my situation must be able to see the circumstances into which they were born and raised and realize that their talents and diligence, often nurtured by others in the form of parents and teachers, were translated into success by circumstances beyond their control. So, it follows that other people who were not so fortunate may be just as talented, just as hardworking, just as noble, and therefore worthy of success, but who have been languishing in arid darkness. To claim, therefore, that to be born into the most privileged class in all of human history, men, is in fact to claim that one has been persecuted and is not only ludic ludicrously inaccurate, but actively dangerous. Far from working to ensure that those not so fortunate get similar opportunities to develop and show their talents, such a claim works to maintain the harmful pyramid of social class with men, white men, on the top. Men are the persecuted sex. White folks are the true victims of racism. And water runs uphill. Be seeing you.